finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Give the gift of well-being with Spa Finder, the world's best-selling spa gift card, and the perfect gift this holiday season. From family members and friends to those last-minute coworker or client gifts. Spa Finder gift cards are a convenient and thoughtful option you can't go wrong with. The Spa Finder network includes thousands of spas, salons, and fitness studios all over the U.S. with services like massages, blowouts, mani-pedis, even yoga. Or check out the Spa Finder wellness shop to buy skincare, beauty, and wellness apparel from the comfort of home. With Spa Finder, the possibilities are endless. Gift some me time to someone you love and pick one up for yourself along the way. Go to spafinder.com slash podcast 15 to save 15% off gift cards of $100 or more. Or enter the promo code podcast 15 at checkout. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, uh, everybody's asking the question, what were the cops in Wisconsin supposed to do uh, when Jacob Blake turned his back and tried to get in the car? Well, we, most people don't know. They don't tell you, but we will. We are going to have a law enforcement expert on, and we're going to get into it, and we're going to tell you, give you the answer, whether you like it or not. Also, uh, we're going to discuss the downfall of a couple of mm, semi-famous people, Tom Brenneman and Jerry Falwell Jr. We'll also recap the last night's Republican convention and play some of the sound from crazy Kimberly Guilfoyle all that on today's Callahan podcast uh, with uh, Alex Reamer. 
I'm Jerry Callahan. As usual, we are presented by DCU Digital Federal Credit Union. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they can help you lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colleen, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, I have one, once again, once again, I have one question, one big question, and I have been searching for the answer for... Uh, I guess it'd be like 48 hours now, and I'm I'm dead serious about this one. I know we, we goof around a lot, Alex and, and Dave, but uh, I'm dead serious about this one. I need to get an answer. We're going to have an expert on uh, today. Uh, we have Alex, who's not really an expert. We have Dave Cullinane here, and we have me, nothing. and I don't know the answer to this. What were the cops in Kenosha supposed to do? Do you do? Can you uh, can you tell me what were they? I mean, I I assume. My assumption is they were supposed to tackle him or, or, you know, somehow subdue him from behind. The cop tried a little bit. It was a half-assed kind of effort to grab him and pull him out. When that failed, he went into the car, and at that point, they have to assume he's reaching for his gun. That's my assumption. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, Alex, when I say I do not know. I've looked. I've read. I, I'm, we're going to try to get an answer to that today. But what were the cops supposed to do? Who's going to who's going to give us that answer? Is that going to be LeBron James? Or is that going to be a, <laughs> a expert? I well, you know what? I'm well. Let's talk about LeBron and Chris Paul. And, Wait, we didn't even tell Alex we're having a guest on today. Uh, we didn't well, even Alex, in our pre-show meeting. We didn't we even have, tell him. We, we've had him on before. Uh, he's a um, uh, law enforcement expert. He's served in uh, as a, a local cop, a national co- uh, a federal agent. He he knows the protocol. He's the one guy I want to talk to because I don't know the protocol and neither do LeBron James or uh, or uh, Chris Paul neither does the mayor uh, or the governor of, of Wisconsin or any of the journalists who've been chiming in on this I understand it's an emotional thing that's generally how this works we start off on, on an emotional level that's why you have looting and rioting before you have an investigation they're <clears throat> they're uh, mad they're angry I understand that so they react out of anger but is it too much to ask someone like LeBron, a very important, influential guy, you know, to take a minute, put down the autobiography of Malcolm X, which he's pretending to read, and, I don't know, look into this a little bit. Tell me what the cop is supposed to do in that situation. Do you have a guess? What's, what's your uh, guess on this? I know you don't know either, Alex. I know the investigation is not complete, and we haven't talked to our expert yet, but... Well, what do you think the cop was supposed to do? I'd like to wait until we get an expert opinion. No, I mean, it's uh, it's not, uh, not I your mean, style. It's not your style. That's always my style. No, the video looks terrible. I mean, it's 10, 12 seconds and the guy is going to his car. You know, we don't know why he's going to his car, but the police officer shoots him in the back of the head like six times. The I back, mean, not the back of the head, the back, the back. Seven, yeah, I mean, seven, ridiculous. seven times. I'm telling you, I've read I've read every article I could read on this because I want to know. What but you the admit cop- the video looks ridiculous. Absolutely, absolutely. But to, it looks again, ridiculous. Again, and I tweeted this out, and it, and, I, and I'm I'm serious. It's a serious question. What are the cops supposed to do? I assume, and I've had a few law enforcement people uh, respond, but most people say, 
uh, you you know you suck. They're supposed they're not supposed to. Sh-. Here's what I had as a response from dozens of people on Twitter: They're not supposed to shoot him in the back. Okay, what are they supposed to do? Shoot him in the front? He or how about the- not shoot him? Okay, what if he's reaching for a gun? We don't know if he was. Um, we don't, and and I don't know when we learned that. I don't know. Here's but even I- if he was reaching for a gun, you shoot him multiple times in the back. Yes. No. You wait till he shoots you. Of course you do. If he's mm-hmm. reaching for a gun. But he had. He had. He was. He was. He was just with his children. I okay. mean, I don't know. That Alex. I mean, now you sound like one of the dopes that I was uh, hearing from on Twitter. He oh, was, it was with me under ch- my alias account. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So if he's with his children. Well, are the cops supposed to act differently and say, oh, there are kids in the car? I'm going to let him grab his gun? Here's, I here's just the... don't know if he was going to sh- have a shootout with police officers with his young kids. Well, here's, here's the two things. Seem... Here's the two possible scenarios. One, he's grabbing a gun, and then you have to shoot him. Yeah, I mean, I assume you're allowed to shoot him if he's going for his gun. Two, he's getting behind the wheel and he's driving away, which means he's going to be uh, involved in a high-speed chase with police, with his kids in the car. This guy, not only not him? only is a hardened criminal, you've seen his rap sheet, I assume. He's, he's He had two uh, outstanding warrants, one for sexual assault. He pulled a gun on some people in a bar, so he's got some experience with firearms. If that guy was planning to go on a high-speed chase with his kids in the car, he's one terrible father. I mean, you, you, you can't say <clears throat> we can't do our job if our job is to use lethal force you can't say well we can't do that his kids might see it that's such a lame emotional response and i know it a lot of you know famous people and actors and athletes will say his kids were in the car it sounds like something joy behar would say cops can't say we can't do our job because a kid might watch a kid might see it the reason a kid is witnessing it is because this guy brought his kids Know, with him and did this with his kids in the car you know it's not their fault but that's beside the point i still want to know what they were supposed to do and i'm going to guess our, our, our law enforcement expert uh, george price i'm going to guess he would say you're supposed to grab him hold him bring him down there are a couple of cops there their job is to subdue him you know like they did with, oh, with george yeah. floyd without the neck on the oh, knee and the neck oh. We we don't know though what this uh what this altercation or this or this this uh th- this interaction rather was about. We don't know that. We don't know whether it was about the sexual assault uh charge. We don't know if it was about he was also uh, domestic abuse issues. I right. mean, clearly this Jacob Blake has a track record as you said, but we don't know what it was. And Jerry, all we really have is the video, which you even admitted looks ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, the guy is walking away, he's going to his car, and he's shot in the back multiple times. It looks terrible. It looks like excessive force, and you're brought again. If he was white, I I don't think that would have happened. Why? How do you say that? I mean, uh, all right, let's let's do that right now. So you think if he's white, and there's all these outstanding warrants, and, and, you know, they they know he's uh, got a history of violence. He's pulled guns on people before. He's domestic abuse, you point out, sexual assault. They know he's a dangerous character. What do you think they let the white guy do? Do you think they let the white guy drive away? I've not seen video of white guys getting shot in the back. Well, have you ever times. seen Daniel Shaver? He's the one who was on his knees. He was shot and, and killed by cops who were, uh, I don't know if they weren't charged. Uh, I believe they weren't charged. There's plenty of examples of them shooting white people, but you know, like that, doesn't, that doesn't work for the, uh, for the narrative. 
Well, I just haven't um, seen a lot of the. I mean, I, I, the last three months we've seen George Floyd and we've seen this. And I think that this could be a different situation than George Floyd. As you said, there's just so much we don't know about this case yet. But I, I, all we really have is the video. And it looks it looks like another I, black man oh, yeah. who's been an unarmed black man. Well, it, it obviously is. Police. He's not killed. He's he's in, I believe he's been upgraded. Well, not killed. Uh, can you I'm check sorry. that? I think I he was in serious. Shot many times. I heard this morning he's in stable condition, which is good. I hope he survives. God, right. I hope he survives. But here's another question, and I think I know the answer. But here's another question: Is it possible to expedite an investigation uh, in 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 because of the emotional reaction? Now, uh, if you're a Investigator, if you're the, uh, uh, I forget the name, the Criminal Bureau of Investigation in Wisconsin, they're investigating. They may charge these cops. They may not. But in Minnesota, they waited three days, I think, to charge Derek Chauvin. And in those three days, billions of dollars of damage was done to a black neighborhood, to black people. If black lives matter, um, would you, is there any way to say, listen, you know, we got this. We got this. And, and and I'm not saying charge him because the violence is imminent. I'm saying, could you tell us, um, was there a gun? Well, no, if, if he if we find out in three days that he there was a gun and he was reaching for it and his hand was on it, that all changes. Right. Doesn't that doesn't the the reaction change? It's like the video withheld by Keith Ellison in Minnesota. He withheld it for. I forget how long, a week, 10 days, that showed the long interaction and the and it showed the, the mental state of George Floyd. I mean, he was um, he was not not stable and there was no racial element to it at all. There was no racist language. You know, there, there, there was um, what? The, the cops tried for I think the video is 10, 12 minutes long. They tried to just get him in the car and he wouldn't get in because he was he kept saying he was um, claustrophobic. And they didn't know. And at, at some point, they're like, "Well, you know, just get yeah, in." Yeah. So that so then so you just kill him. I mean, right? No, I didn't say that. Why? Who said that? Well, that's what they did. Well, no, that's what one guy, Derek Chauvin, did. Right. Um, he did, and he's been charged, and he's probably going to get convicted, and he's probably going to go away. I don't know. So if if he was charged three days sooner, would the violence have been lessened? If we knew there was no racial language, no racial element to it, would there been less carnage? in the black neighborhood. I'm well, just asking. I know. I think I know the answer. I think that with all these protests, and I've been saying this ever since George Floyd, you have to look at them in the context of the times in which we're living. It's not just about George Floyd or Jacob Blake. Now it's about the fact that we have the coronavirus, which has disproportionately impacted black and brown communities from unemployment rates to death rates, etc. It's about communities that just feel totally ostracized from society and they're sick of authority and they're lashing out. So I think that every protest is occurring within that context as well. Well, I mean, they're not protests at this point. They're riots. These aren't Every riot. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, when you burn a car dealer, and by the way, you burn a church next to the car dealer, which it's a Unitarian church. If you haven't seen the video, it's, it's... it would be funny if it weren't so sad, but it's a Unitarian church with on its sign says Black Lives Matter and the fire at the car dealer. Uh, I, I don't know if it burned down the church, but it certainly affected the church. And you see, again, destroying black businesses, black neighborhoods. It's just so counterproductive. And I don't know how to, you know, stem the, you know, the bleeding like, uh, you know, if if. 
if they don't charge these cops, <clears throat> it gets worse, right? If they do charge them and they get acquitted because they followed proper protocol, then it gets worse. So the problem is, you know, the, the, the initial problem, the emotional reaction, the outburst of violence from Black Lives Matter and others is just the beginning. I mean, if what happens if Derek Chauvin gets acquitted because George Floyd was on fentanyl and some some medical expert comes in, medical examiner comes in and says, yeah, he had a heart attack because of the fentanyl and the other drugs in his system. And the, <coughs> excuse me, and the jury acquits him. What happens then? I mean, it'll that, make Rodney King look like right. child's play. I agree. It'll, it's, I mean, it'll be madness. That's, I mean, I, I hope it, I mean, he, he seems guilty to me. If I'm on the jury, I think I, I vote to convict, although who knows? Who knows how these lawyers do? I mean, maybe they convinced the jury like they did with Rodney King that the guy, the cop, was just doing his job. But in <clears throat> in Kenosha, I don't I mean right now we could learn today that the cop did what he was supposed to do. It looks terrible. You are right, Alex. It looks brutal. But if there's a gun in the car and, and, and cops are trained not to wait until the guy turns the gun on them, and they say, oh, no, those cops did what they were supposed to do. Are we looking at a whole new round of looting, rioting, burning? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> well, it's it's sad. And I guess we can't wait for people to get all the facts. I mean, God knows we don't generally do that. We're trying to uh, analyze the situation as soon as it happens. I mean, it's what we do. We react well, these to are these people. Things. These are people that want to do it. They're just waiting for their opportunity, right? And situations like this... They go and capitalize on. Isn't yeah. that just the fact? I mean, and and the night was it the night uh, was two nights ago. Did you see the cop get bricked? Cop gets hit in the head with a brick on video, and they are laughing. He goes down. He looks unconscious. He looks like kind of an older guy. Um, takes a brick on the head, and these kids start laughing and celebrating. Going, he got bricked. He got bricked. And they're reaching down with their phones trying to take a, like a close-up picture of this poor bastard who's probably a decent guy. He didn't kill anybody. He was just out there trying to control the, the unrest. And he takes a brick in the head, and they think that's so wonderful, and they're laughing. And, man, I can't imagine being a cop these days. But I, I think if you're in the news business, if you're like a news, like a, an, uh, an anchor or whatever, these news guys, or a reporter, you have to wait. I mean, you have to literally say, you know, the investigation is pending. If you're a commentator, if you're whoever, uh, Alex Reamer, if you're Us. Yeah. if you're Chris Hayes or uh, you know, uh, there you go. Rachel Maddow or Sean great, Hannity, great, great commentator. You're not. You're, you're probably. I mean, you have to do this. You have to react, and you have to ask the question. You know, did the cop do what he's supposed to do? I fear, in a weird way, that he did, and they're going to say. They have to assume he's got a gun. They have to assume he's reaching for a gun. He did not cooperate. Well, hold on, hold on. Assume is not what you want to do here. I mean, you're going to shoot the guy off an assumption? Well, what what, what, what if he's a perp in the side of the road and he reaches in his pocket? What do cops do? They say, get your hands up. Yeah, get your hands out of the... Yeah, right. Yeah. Up. Yeah, and if, right, they, right. if they don't, if they... Well, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't shoot. They say, put your hands out of your pocket and put them up. No, but if the guy says, screw you, and reaches for the pocket, they shoot him. They they have to. They do? Yes. What do you think they do? Wait for him to pull a gun? Uh, what if, what if, how do they know he has a gun? 
they don't. That's my point. They assume he does. So they shoot. So so shoot first. Ask questions later. The in New York City when uh, Amadou, I uh, forget his name, the the gentleman that got shot forty one times that uh, Bruce Springsteen immortalized with the song Forty One Shots. He was reaching for his wallet, but they assumed it was a gun. Now was forty one shots excessive? Uh, according to Springsteen, it was. But when you say hands up, put your hands on the wheel, put your put your where I can see them, and they don't do it, the cop, I believe, has to use, you know, lethal force. He can't wait to say, oh, that was only a wallet. Oh, okay, because it might be a gun, right? So we don't we don't wait. We don't wait. We, we talk about it. We analyze it. We ask the questions. Why can't someone like LeBron James wait? Why can't someone like Chris Paul wait? Why do they just react viscerally, see the video, and just say they're hunting hunting us in the street. It's well, I mean, because Jerry, cause I am not, we are not black, and we don't know what it's like. And when you see a picture of another black man, and, and again, we don't know what happened really in this video. We know that the police were still responding to some sort of domestic dispute. We don't know really any more particulars than that. Um, and when you see, again, we're just going off the short video we have. It looks terrible. And there's a history of black men being hunted by police. In there this is country. not. I mean, not, not a recent history. And oh, you think you and I we can't even ridiculous. You and I don't know. Well, we've gone over the numbers before. Alex. I know, it's, I know. It's, it's I, I don't false, feel like I'm just saying, but, you, but why? It's I mean, a they're false asked, narrative. I mean, they, they're not hunting black guys in the street. And if that's a white guy with that criminal record, the, the, all those warrants, and they try to bring him in, and he reaches for a gun, they do the same thing. But you think you and I don't know what it's like to be Jacob Blake. And I would agree. Does LeBron James know what it's like to be Jacob Blake? More so than we do. Yeah. Wow, wow. I mean, LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16. He's been famous most of his life. Oh, Jerry, but you've, I mean, you, you, you've you been think, around long enough. Do you think you've cops are stories. hunting? You think cop, racist cops are hunting LeBron James? I don't think, I don't think he's being hunted necessarily. Well, but I said. think that we've, Jerry, we have heard countless stories of prominent people of color, prominent black people and black men, really, getting pulled over and harassed by police. I mean, Michael Wilbon tells that story of getting pulled over in his own neighborhood. I mean, those are there are countless stories like that. It would not surprise me one bit if somebody like LeBron James has been pulled over in his life recently for driving in a nice neighborhood I, and a cop I, thinking well, that's suspicious. Well, I think he felt, I, It I, wouldn't surprise I, I think we would have heard about it, no doubt. But right. I'm saying that this stuff happens just because you're famous doesn't mean you are exempt I, from I, well, this I think, kind of harassment. I think, I, I think, you know, we use the word privilege all the time, white privilege. I think I think LeBron, for most of his life, has been very privileged. And I think maybe he felt left out. <clears throat> left, You know, he, he hadn't, <clears throat> excuse me, lived that experience and maybe felt left out. So he made up some nonsense about uh, racist well, racist graffiti on his L.A. mansion. Mm, right, because uh, LeBron doesn't get enough coverage which, or positive coverage, so he needed to which lie. Which never saw, right. and the cops never saw, because the people whose caretakers at his home removed the gr- racist graffiti before the cops arrived. Now, to me, that's very questionable, but we don't have to get into that again. I know you believe, you still believe Jesse Smollett, I think. Don't you, Alex? Just, What's wrong with him? You, <laughs> you want to give George a call before we? Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Um, before we get back, I want to get back to LeBron because I got a question about oh. LeBron and his uh, his his reading material. He, he wants you to know he's very learned and well read, but I have my doubts uh, because uh, the only thing I know about LeBron is he's a triple double machine, and the Lakers. <laughs> that's the are, uh, 
That's the voice of overnights on uh, CBS yes. Radio. Alex Reamer, yes. he's here. Dave Cullinane's here. We're going to be joined by George Price, a very experienced uh, law enforcement expert who uh, knows more about this stuff than we do. We don't love to have guests on, as you know. Guests often are very boring, but sometimes <laughs> you need them. And I swear to God, I was looking for people last night. I know the you know Fox News was, uh, I think most news channels news were preoccupied with the convention, and we'll get to that. There were some great speakers at the Republican convention. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> but, <laughs> so but, good. But here's what you need. You need to know if these cops were following protocol. I know it looks bad, Alex. I know it looks awful. It definitely looks awful. I know he gets shot in the back. That's not. That sounds terrible. No one can tell me what they were supposed to do. I'm telling you, I got a thousand responses from my tweets. Nobody really could tell me what they were supposed to do. Well, let's give this guy a call and see if he let's can talk tell to us. George. Right, Press. Hold on, we're calling him. Right, Hang we'll on, we do it on the fly. Um, Look at us. We're, yes. just, we're improvising. We're here. just going. I know you guys are at the Legacy Club today. We, we, have joined. I know. You weren't invited. I'm sorry. We should yeah, What have. the hell? Are you afraid of me? It's because I went to P Town this weekend. You think oh, I have COVID? Yeah. Here, here we go. And I, I wanted an emotional liberal and uh, crazy emotional liberal and you fit the bill there you go you got george he knows you're live there you go. all right george price yeah. George Price. Ooh. how are you guys good george how are you how are you george as we, we've 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 talked before as a former police officer police officer a former senior special agent with the dea and uh, a former da in the middlesex uh, district attorney's office i i have one question above all others george and i didn't hear anyone address it for the last 48 hours and hopefully you can answer it or at least help us out here. What were, sure. the, what were the cops in Kenosha who shot Jacob Blake in the back? What were they supposed to do in that situation? So I watched the video, and actually another video came out this morning. I don't think it really added much color to what occurred. But um, if you watch the video um, carefully, you see, you see both officers coming from the other side of the car, and they both had their guns out. Um, that only happens in a couple circumstances. One, they couldn't see the, the you know, the defendant's hands there. That would have been one reason. Um, the other the other news reports are that they were screaming at him, drop the knife. So he's got an edged weapon in his hand, um, and he's climbing into a car with, full of people, um, not necessarily knowing who those people are or why they're there. Um, my understanding is they got a radio call for either a domestic dispute right. or a fight. Right. So. Now you've got someone climbing into a car with a with a knife, and they don't, you know, they don't, they have no idea who these people are in the car, and and you know, they didn't have any choice at that point. They're either in fear of their own lives, or more likely the people's lives in the vehicle. I mean, it's the problem with the press, and the problem the way these things get reported is they they always report on them objectively. So they're looking at this video, saying, "Oh, we shouldn't have done that." But the standard, and the standard in court, and the standard that these officers will be held to by both the DA's office there um, and in, in a civil court is, you know, what was their subjective view? Were they in fear of their own lives or the lives of, of someone else? And, you know, normally you would never close that space, um, that distance of space between someone with a, an edged weapon like that. You wouldn't close in on them and grab that guy's shirt like he did. Well, I was going to say. That tells me they did, they did everything they could right then to, to not do that, right? They're at the they're at the moment of last resort here, and they had to stop them. And deadly force is really the only way to do it. They, that guy could have turned around and stabbed that officer right in the neck, and 
and we'd be going to his funeral today instead of someone else's. That, that's so. a great point, George. I asked that on Twitter. I asked it uh, earlier in this show. I said maybe what the cops should have done, they had him outnumbered, is tackle him, like subdue him, you know, like uh, you see often with suspects. Yeah, and, and, you, and you would think that, too. I, and you know, I looked at their gun belts. It didn't, I didn't see any batons on them, and I didn't see any tasers on them. They tased I mean, him. They I, I believe they tased him, and it didn't work. I mean, he's, he's a... He's and a, it didn't work. Yeah. Well, all, all the more reason that they're, they're, the shooting is completely justified, in my view. I mean, you're, you know, could you have tackled them? Yes. Um, it, it takes a, a millisecond to turn around and stab someone in the neck. I've been in physical fights with defendants where uh, they, you know, they reach back and stab with a broken bottle. And, you know, this stuff is uh, it's full of adrenaline. There's a lot of excitement in the video. You can see that. And these guys are just making the best decision they can in in a millisecond and we get to sit here and talk about it for for days and weeks on end we've got some politicians who in, in that state that governor himself condemned yeah, the shooting before the investigation had even right. started never mind finished it was despicable with all due respect george and you obviously have been in these situations before how can you say the shooting was justified without knowing what he was going into his car for or knowing any other details how can you say that well well I do know details. I know that the press has reported that they were repeatedly okay, but, but, stating but, to him. But you don't know. But you knife. don't know what he was going into his knife. car for. <laughs> but he had a knife. But, in, but he had a knife in his hand. He had a knife in his hand. He's climbing into a car full of people. What's you know? And and then that people, becomes a people whole who are his issue. young kids. Officers though. don't ever want anyone getting someone getting mobile in a vehicle with a knife full of people they don't know who they are. It just it, it doesn't work. It, you, you know, they're in fear of their lives. They should be. The guy wasn't obeying their commands. Period. But George. George. Do you assume those do those cops are they supposed to assume when he reaches in his car that he's going for a gun? Uh, we don't know yet no. whether he was or not. But are they supposed? To, is, does that matter? In other words, are they just supposed does, to it, assume does, the it, worst? Are they absolutely? Because there's plenty of justified shootings where there's no weapon at all. But if you have someone that's not obeying commands and say they're reaching under a seat or reaching into their waistband, this is why the standard is is so important on how these officers ultimately get judged. It's subjective. It's what did they think at the time, not what we think watching the video. Did they think that they were you know, either going to get stabbed or that someone in that vehicle was going to get seriously hurt if this guy got mobile with that vehicle? And that would be the only reason in my mind watching that video why they would ever close that space between someone with an edged weapon. Someone with an edged weapon can cover 21 feet, before you can pull your gun and shoot. So that's why they always tell you to stay that many feet away right. if, if someone's holding an edge weapon. So, you know, for them to close that distance, scream, drop the knife, and he's climbing into a car, I, I don't see, I, I see a completely justified shooting here. Do you totally. think, do you think, is there a reason we have not heard whether there's a, whether it was a gun or not? I mean, um, I, I asked this again on Twitter. I said, does it matter if there's a gun or not? I mean, because he's it, reaching it, in the car. You know, it, it depends on every every shooting is different, right? So, I mean, again, does it, it comes back to the standard of they in fear of their own lives. Um, if you have someone that's not obeying commands and reaching into their waistband or, you know, these guys have to, they don't get to decide in three seconds. They have to decide in a quarter second, am I going to go home today or not? Let's say he was reaching for a gun and they, he turned around and shot them. I mean, you know, does it matter at that point? They're, if these guys are in fear of their lives and they have to make that decision in that millisecond, it's really their decision. Do I want to go home today or do I want to wait and see if this guy has a gun? The problem is that the guy's climbing into a car, we think, with a knife. They've closed the space. 
and they're about to, you know, he's about to get in a vehicle full of people. For all we know, we have no idea. They had no idea who those people were in the car. And if, if, his, um, if his plan was, it turned out it was his kids. Yeah. Um, uh, if his plan was, yeah, but the cops don't know that. The cops don't know that when they're pulling up on the scene. They could have been the other person's kids. You know, sitting up, there was 20 people around the car at the time. They don't know whose kids those are. No one, I, I doubt that anyone stopped and said, These, you know, those are his kids in there. That didn't happen. I if, didn't see that. George, if his plan was to go engage in a high-speed chase, to take off, with the kids in the car, by the way, yep. to take off, are they justified in using lethal force at that point if they just think he's getting in his car to take off? Yeah. Um, no, I would, I would say no. I mean, that's, you know, again, they have to evaluate the situation, but... I think the reason that there was a shooting there was, you know, based on everything I've seen in the press anyway, he had a knife, he wasn't dropping it, he wasn't obeying command, he's climbing into a vehicle, you see him reaching down, right? So whether he's reaching down for either another weapon or to get in the vehicle, you know, they, that, and I don't know if one officer's fired, one officer fired, or they both did, I don't know what yeah, the there facts was seven, are here. I know there were shot. seven shots, so is that? Seven, seven shots. Does that... that in and of itself seems, seems to me, um, you know, again, I, we weren't there. We didn't. We, we don't get to see the rest of the video. We don't get right. to see whether or not he stopped moving after the first shot. My guess is he did not. Most officers typically shoot so the threat ceases. That's what you're taught in the academy. That's what I taught officers and agents for years. You, you shoot till the threat stops, and you're able to, you know, completely stop the actions of, of the defendant and, and, or suspect. So they made those decisions. You know, we can't decide if those that was excessive or not until you see the whole video, honestly. So you think you think if this goes to trial, if they charge these cops, you think they walk, which will be wonderful for the you know, the people in that city because they'll just destroy businesses all over again. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. All all before you have all the facts. And you know, White, red, yet you know, doesn't matter. Yellow, green, whatever, whatever the defendant is, they they were worried about a guy with a knife, not about the color of his skin when they when they decided to pull their guns and try to get him to stop what he was doing. Period. You don't, you know, cops don't think that way. They're trying to stop an in, imminent threat. Get nothing to do with the color of anyone's skin. Do the, do the cops sure. know when they're there? The cops know his rap sheet. They know this history, right? Because he's. He's had experience, uh, gun, well, well, that's gun a good, charges. That's a good question. They, they, they certainly could have. Um, and that, and that, so that, that's another factor that goes into this subjective view. So if they did know it, we don't know if they knew it or not. But if they did know him and he was known to police and he was known to be violent, he's known to commit assaults and batteries, you know, uh, he, he had domestics, I think, on his on he, had, he, he pulled a gun on, he pulled a gun on some people in a bar. Yeah, he pulled, pulled a gun. So, so. Right there, my, my threat level goes up exponentially. Um, you know, when we used to go out on the street, when I worked for the federal government, our, we would run the rap sheets on defendants, and everyone in a briefing got to know what the rap sheet was of the person we were going after. So we knew if they were, you know, they were a particularly high threat level. It adds to that tension as far as making, the, you know, making certain decisions. If, if someone's not obeying your commands and they have a history of violence, you're going to take that very differently than someone who maybe, you know, doesn't and is high or has got some other issue going on that they're not listening to you. But someone with a violent background that's not obeying commands, you're, you're going to treat very differently than someone if you if you didn't know that. So, 
you've you've uh you've said a couple times, George, that you think the officers felt threatened, and thus you think that the use of this kind of force was justifiable. But and and I ask this question genuinely. I mean, obviously, being a police officer, being put in dangerous situations, is part of the job. Um, so at what point, like, is just feeling threatened, and for your for is that is that enough to to use this kind of force? Or I guess like, where does the level rise where it is then okay? Because you're in, you know in these kind of situations all the time, I imagine. Well, you get, I mean, you're, the officers are going to be the ones that have to articulate that, right? That, that right. they were in fear of their lives or the lives of someone else. And, it's, and again, every incident, every use of force is different. Um, you know, if you've got someone sitting, you know, somewhere in a building or a hotel shooting a machine gun out into a crowd, it's not right. really that difficult to figure out that it's okay right. to shoot this guy. Situations like this, are a little different, and that's why the subjectivity is so important and, frankly, so disturbing when you watch the press that they leave that analysis completely out of the picture. Um, that's why we should always wait till these investigations are completed before anyone rushes to judgment. And, you know, we've got cities burning now without knowing all the facts, and it's just, to me, it's just abhorrent that, that we're not giving um, these guys the same constitutional rights that every defendant has on the street. We shouldn't be judging them. They have an absolute, you know, um, uh, presumption of, of innocence and that they did the right thing. Let them do their investigation, you right. know, and then we'll figure out what happens from there. But well, to I, jump to conclusions, is, our world is nuts as, right now. Uh, we all know what, uh, what Derek Chauvin should have done in Minneapolis. He should have taken his knee off George Floyd's neck. I just don't know what... Yep these guys in Kenosha were supposed to do. But, George, I really appreciate it. What we needed was someone like you to clear this up. You've answered more questions in the last 10 minutes than I've heard uh, any of these <laughs> talking heads and cable TV do in the last 48 hours. So we appreciate awesome. it. Good. Thanks. Good you talking to you, George. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. That is Take George care. Price, former cop, former uh, special agent for the DEA, and a guy who trained police, who knows the protocol, all right, today's show brought to you by Flagship Wealth. Go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Dave, I'm here with you again. People loved that I was picking on you last ad, so we're doing this again. Let's do it. All right, so a lot of people have requested the guide. We're in the 700s, which is unbelievable. If you haven't got it, get your hands on it. But so many of you had, so now I think it's step two, right? What should people do now that they've read it? What do they do next? Dave, they've got to act. You know, we just had the best July in over 10 years. The market is priced to perfection. Uh, if you heard about the elections coming up, I've heard about this. Congress oh, oh you're, is, trying, you're trying to go back and forth right now. Yes, okay, and Congress is screwing up where it comes to the stimulus package right now. We tell you within this booklet where the market's going and how we're going to get there. So it's important. You've got it. Act on it. Act on it. That's what you got to do. So go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Get your hands on it if you haven't. If you have, act on it, whether that's call Dave, whether that's do more research for yourself. Whatever you're going to do, take the advice that's in the guide. Does that make sense? Take control of your retirement before the market does it for you, Dave. Ooh, that sounded good. Have you said that before? We're going to use that, I think. Yeah, I think you should keep that one. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. I'm telling you, Alex, that doesn't bring me any any joy to say these cops were just doing their job and following the protocols because that's not going to help. That's not going to work. That's not going to satisfy the mob. It is heartbreaking. If you haven't seen the videos, I, I, I implore people every day to, to check out the videos in Portland and 
Seattle before this, but now in Kenosha, there was a whole new round of rioting, of uh, looting, of burning, of uh, you know, just insanity. Uh, there's a couple of videos. One one uh, Black Lives Matter rioter pulling a gun on a on a cameraman. It's it's scary. This is Kenosha, Wisconsin. I didn't even heard of the friggin' place till two days ago. A city of a hundred thousand. An old, uh, an old like a manufacturing city. Yeah. I'm sure, it's very desolate and impoverished. And people, are t- and a guy trying to make a living selling used cars. His cars are all burned up now. I mean, it looks like something again out of Fallujah, or you know, is somewhere in the you know in the in Iraq or Afghanistan. It's 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 heartbreaking, and you know, it is most impacting poor black people, working class black people. You know, small businesses run by by uh, black people or minorities, and they're getting devastated because these people don't want to wait, these these Black Lives Matter rioters. And, and by the way, I don't think Antifa's even arrived there yet, but they're coming. They're coming. Good. Well, I'm, I'm going up to Kenosha soon, so you know how that goes. Um, and and the, you know, you know what the I... problem is, Alex? It's close to Chicago, so they can just, all those Chicago-based, you know, rioters and looters say, can say, let's go, we're going to Kenosha. And uh, I mean, I don't know if there's any... Uh, Omega watch shops in uh, in Kenosha, like there weren't there was in Chicago, but they'll they'll make do. They'll make do with what they can. If you haven't seen the video, they are trashing all kinds of small businesses the last couple nights. And once they um, clear these guys, exonerate these cops, which I fear they will, it's going to get worse. The one thing I would just say to George, and I asked him this once, is he said many times that he doesn't like the rush to judgment. He's doing the same thing. I mean, he's saying that he thinks the shooting is justifiable without knowing what he was reaching in the car for the exact the exact specifics behind this. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. He's an expert. That's why we had him on. He trains cops. And I just want to know what the protocol is. I don't right, right, right. But 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 to say that the shooting is justifiable without knowing really anything besides the video is also rushing to judgment. No question. No question that that I'm doing. But I asked the question and I think I know the answer is. It doesn't matter if there's a gun there. If they think he's reaching for a gun, they can't wait to see it. It'll be pointed at their face. And when I asked you earlier, the question is, could they have tackled him, two guys? And the answer is, they could have, but he might have stabbed them in the throat because he had a knife. Uh, I'm telling Sorry, you, my screen was dirty. I'm telling you, this is this is not gonna this is not gonna go well. And here's the thing that'll drive me nuts is he, he's right george is right the friggin' governor condemning the cops before he had any facts at all took one look at the video and you know what he did he inspired the mob to go out and riot and loot these democrat politicians are part of the problem they are they're co-conspirators in this madness we learned yesterday or two days ago who could, who could condemn it enough to stop any of this stuff in the moment like who, who's uh, I, gonna do it you know what you gotta do you, you gotta these days we're all getting more screen time which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired dry or blurry it can also affect your sleep zenny's blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out because they're virtually clear add blocks to any zenny frame for stylish all-day protection Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenni.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, 
That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Defend the cop. If the cop's in the right, you don't immediately side with the mob. We learned two days ago that the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, ordered, it was confirmed, I believe this, uh, there was a report uh, where uh, he was either on tape or he was confirmed uh, um, saying, stand down, telling the cops not to try to stop Antifa from burning the friggin' city. These Democrats have lost their minds. That's why you're going to hear a lot about this. That's why you heard about it last night at the Republican convention. You'll hear for the next three days. This is the winning, this is the card that... uh, Trump has to play. This is the winning hand. We are for law and order. They are with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. That's has to keep it that simple, and he has to repeat it over and over again. That's what matters. You know, he's he'll be bragging about you know building a wall or moving an embassy in Jerusalem. That doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, Biden's with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. We are with the cops. That's how he wins Middle America. Wisconsin is a very important state. Do you want to be with the guys? who burnt the car dealer down and hit the cop with the brick. Do you want to be with them or do you want to be with uh, law and order? Simple. I, I think middle America is probably more concerned with uh, staying in their homes, getting back to work, uh, being able to go outside, period, uh, without a mask Getting back on. to work. Joe Biden said two days ago he would shut the con- uh, the country down uh, if he were in charge. Shut it down. Well, then, well, I mean, then we would need more government support to pay people to stay home. You can't have one without the other. And then I think a Biden administration with Democrat-controlled Congress would do that. They'd provide more support to the American people. You know, um, people like people like you, Alex, people like, uh, you know, ESPN, every, everybody on ESPN, they love LeBron James and Chris Paul and, uh, you know, whoever else, any athlete who will speak up. Uh, they love Colin Kaepernick, even though he doesn't speak up, but whatever. He kneels. He hates America. He hates cops. So they like that. Um, mm. um, do you find this irresponsible? Because I do. Chris Paul, big hero in the game last night. And, is, and I don't think he talked about the game at all. Didn't he go right into talking about Jacob Blake? Goes right into it. Um, makes a, uh, do we have Chris yep. Paul? We have Chris Paul's sound after the game. And I ask you, he's getting ready for a playoff game. He's preparing. He's you know playing in a game. Do you think he has all the facts, or do you think he's just at, operating on emotion? Of course. That's all going well. Um, I just want to send my prayers out to Jacob Blake and their family. You know, the things that, you know, we decided to come down here to play for, and we said we're going to speak on the social injustice and the things that continue to happen, um, you know, to our people. It, it's not right. It's not right. So the win is good, you know, but voting is real. I'm going to challenge all my NBA guys, other sports guys. Let's try to get our entire teams registered to vote. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff going on in the country. Sports is cool, it's good and well. It's how we take care of our families. But those are the real issues that we, we got to start addressing. What continues to happen to our people? What? Uh, they get shot by police. Okay. Does it matter if George Price is correct and it was justified? Does that matter to Chris Paul? Well, I'm sure it maybe would, but I mean, Chris Paul, I'm sure it would. Sure. But Chris Paul is speaking on emotion like we all are at this point. I mean, what's the issue well, with trying, that? He has, I, he has I, a huge platform and he's speaking his mind. What, I'm, I'm uh, trying not to put it that way. I'm trying not to. And I think I think we've advanced 
the uh, conversation. I sound like uh, it's what we do. Kamala Harris now. We need to have the conversation. That's her favorite line about everything. Reparations. We should have that conversation. Um, but it everything changes, Alex. If they come out and say I'm not, it won't affect the Black Lives Matter rioters, but it'll affect the media. It'll affect people like you and me if they come out today and say, sorry, folks, that was justified. They did their job. Um it's it's not going to be good for you know the small business of Kenosha, but will that change Chris Paul or LeBron James's mind if they come out and say, you know, the cops did their job? Well, it depends on what the other details of the investigation are. If they just say, if, I don't think they're just going to take their word for it, nor should they. I mean, you go back to the police report on George Floyd; that was ridiculous. I mean, it was a total lie. So police officers lie in these things, and so you, you need more information than just their word for it, it. it is amazing how much we have though we have every, it seems like everything's on video i don't know what would have happened here what the story would have been 20 years ago if there were no video but in this case um we we know a lot I mean, we don't know everything we know a lot and uh, again if they tried to tackle him i mean he did grab his shirt and kind of pull him if if jacob blake just turned around and shoved that knife into his neck i mean then you'd say of course they can shoot him but he didn't. Yeah. He, you know, he could have. He could have stabbed him. He was close enough, and that's. But he, he, yeah. That's a lethal weapon. I mean, that's that's a that's a knife. But uh, do we have uh, LeBron James? Because nothing is complete unless we have, you know, the Oracle himself, the the wise man, uh, LeBron James. Take a break from reading Malcolm X autobiography and uh, chime in on Jacob Blake. If you're sitting here telling me that there was no way to subdue. That gentleman, um, or, or detain him, or to just before the firing of guns, um, then you, you you sitting here and you lying to not only me, you lying to every African American, every Black person in the community, because we see it over and over and over. There was multiple. If you watch the video, there was multiple moments. Where if they wanted to, they could have, they could have tackled him, they could have grabbed him, you know, they they could have done that. And why, why does it always have to get to a point where we see the guns fire and his family is there, the kids are there, it's it's in it's in broad daylight, and um, and who knows? I mean, if that video is not being taken by that person across the street. Do we even know if we even see that video? There's like talks about that the cops didn't even have their body cams on. That's a possibility. Um, it's just, it's just, uh, quite frankly, it's just fucked up in our community. And us, I know people get tired of hearing me say it, but we are scared as black people. In All right. He asked some good questions. I think we have answers. Could they have tackled him? No, he had a knife in his hand. I, I mean, I asked the very question the first time I saw it. Could they have just subdued him? There was They had him outnumbered. There were two cops right there. Could they have grabbed him held him? Good question, LeBron. The answer is no. No, he had a knife. If you grab him and try to subdue him and he stabs you in the neck, then, then you die. You know, you don't go home that day to your family. Um, they don't care that his kids are in the fam, uh, car. That's irrelevant. It has to be irrelevant unless you're just on an emotional level and say, isn't that awful? His kids saw him shot. Well, that's his fault. If he did 
what he did, which led to the shooting with his children in the car, that's on him. And when he says this keeps happening, what keeps happening? Guys like Jacob Blake, uh, you know, held, hold knives and refuse to um, um, follow the orders of the police. Yeah, that keeps happening. If he if he cooperated, he would have he wouldn't be in a hospital today. So I think it's irresponsible of LeBron James. He's not waiting for the facts. He's not he's not doesn't sound like angry like he's not trying to rile up the mob, but he is um, operating out of ignorance. I mean, no way. He, he was he was speaking genuinely. I mean, he just saw the video. This was recorded. This happened yesterday. He was speaking. He didn't seem. Okay, he didn't what? seem. He was. He wasn't yelling like Kimberly Guilfoyle. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't enraged. He wasn't we'll incensed. I mean, he was asking. You said it yourself. Good question. Yes. I, I, I don't see any issue with what he or Chris Paul said. But what? Okay. He asked the question. He, he says, "You can't tell me there's not another way to detain him or subdue him." Yeah. Okay. I asked the same question, and George Price basically just cleared it up for me. Okay, one guy. I mean, great. But there's a knife in his hand, Alex. You understand that. I mean, I'm not—this is objective here. If you try to grab a guy, and he's a badass. We know this guy. He's got a criminal record. You know he's a violent guy. If you try to grab him, and he has a knife in his hand— I don't. You're yeah, gonna get I, hurt. I, but, but but I don't know. I mean, again, the other assumption that George made is, uh, you know, I don't. We don't know anything about this. Besides the fact that there was a domestic dispute, we don't know if they ran any background on Jacob Blake. I mean, I'm assuming they just don't know him by face. Oh yeah, that's a guy who you know in July was charged with this, charged with that. They I mean, might. So they might. But you, know, you, 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 may, you think he's such a notorious criminal in a city of a hundred thousand? I mean, maybe that's not but, a big city. But yeah, you, you're you're right. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. Maybe they. Maybe one of these cops arrested him in that bar maybe, room. Yeah, or, I don't know. But and and don't they run when there's a warrant? Don't they know? You know what the warrant is for, and don't they know that the guy has a rap sheet? But I mean, you don't assume because he has a rap sheet he's going to shoot you. But you do think if he has a knife in his hand that I tackle him, that I could get stabbed. And uh, um, I mean, again, LeBron's not trying to rile up the mob. I'll give you that. But you know, he's he's talking about this keeps happening over and over again. I think they're separate issues. I mean, I, this doesn't. These guys cannot be lumped in, at least at this point, with Derek Chauvin. You know, they can't be. Oh, you, you're you're as bad as he was. You know, you're murdering innocent black guys. It's that's just too much of a generalization, and that's irresponsible when you're as influential as LeBron James. But all right, do you want to get to uh, you, to my girl Kimberly Ginfoil? Let's get to it. You want to talk about smart, responsible African Americans? Yes. I will get to because I mean, I think. The last night we saw just about every African American uh, elected official in the Republican Party, and they were all they were all great. But first, and and we'll get to. I know you want to do this story. I know you do, Alex Rimmer, the Jerry Falwell Jr. story. Oh my God, this is great for us. I was. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking that, like, if we were back on WEI, you know, me and you would have opened the show for, like, 30 minutes of Jerry Falwell talk, and Curtis and Ken would get a million texts. I can't believe it. The Celtics are playing tonight, and you're leading up with Jerry Falwell it's a for great, 30 minutes. No, nobody, I don't care who you are, right wing, left wing, I don't care if you're, you know, you like Jerry Falwell or not. It's a great, it's a funny story. It's a great story that I, for one, can't relate to. I don't know about you, Alex. And... We're going to talk to Alex about the Tom Brenneman story, which we talked about a lot last week, but I want to get his take on that. But first, my take on Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete's a great company. It's a fourth-generation owned and operated business that's working hard day in and day out to be a trusted precast concrete partner. 
Shea's a local company, but they're all over New England. They have four state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities. Probably have one near you. And let's not forget, they're hiring. Great place to work if you're looking for a job. If you're a contractor, let me tell you some of the products Shea can deliver to your job site ready for installation. Water and wastewater products, barriers and bullards, stairs and bulkheads, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. It's not just, you know, precast. They do lots of things. They can do it all for you and your business. If you're an engineer, Shea can help you design your next project. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate or just log on to SheaConcrete.com where you can also look for a job. If you're interested, they're always looking for CDL drivers and looking for personnel at all their plants. You can check out the website, SheaConcrete.com, or just send your resume to jobs at SheaConcrete.com. All right, this... uh, Let's do the convention, then we'll do Jerry Falwell, because I'm sorry, I have to laugh. I have to laugh at poor Jerry Jerry Falwell's misery. Uh, I'm like Katie Hill. I'm going to enjoy a little schadenfreude uh, with the Jerry Falwell Jr. story. I think, I know I'm totally objective on this, totally down the middle. So far, one night in, the Republican convention is a thousand times better than the Democrat convention. It's better produced it's better choreographed. I mean, it looks more creative. It feels more live, even though it's not necessarily live. A lot of energy and stuff like what Trump did in the middle where he brought a bunch of people who were former hostages and he freed them and he just sat with them in the Oval Office and they all sat there and said, you're the greatest, Mr. Brady. You saved me. I mean, it's just simple. I can't believe you don't think this is entirely a Donald Trump production. Like, well, I think top to bottom, I think he wrote the script to this entire you? thing. But I mean, he can't really write, so I don't know if he's yeah, that. I don't picture but, he, but, he, him writing. but he definitely has planned it out, I think. I mean, it is um, more you know, flamboyant uh, than the Democrats. And what they're going to do is just hammer away at this theme like the Democrats are pessimistic and they think we're all doomed and they, they, they portray uh, America as you know, a, a terrible place built on slavery and all that and systemic racism and everything else. And the Democrats sit there, and, I mean, the Republicans sit there and they bring out that wonderful Kim Classic, Classic, Klaychik, whatever, from Baltimore, oh, right. who did that spectacular TV commercial. She's running for Congress. She's running for Elijah Cummings seat. They had Tim Scott, uh, African-American senator, who had the line of the night. I don't know if you have it, Dave, but talking about his life going from cotton to Congress, to Congress in one yes. lifetime. Yes. Can we hear Very from nice. Tim Scott? Yeah, yeah if a white person was coming. He suffered the indignity of being forced out of school as a third grader to pick cotton, and he never learned to read or write. Yet, he lived long enough to see his grandson become the first African-American to be elected to both the United States House and the United States Senate in the history of this country. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. And that's why I believe the next American century can be better than the last. There are millions of families just like mine all across this nation, full of potential, seeking to live the American dream. And I'm here tonight to tell you that supporting the Republican ticket gives you the best chance of making that dream a reality. See, the uh, Democrats never portray, you know, th- this country as a place of great 
no opportunity and hope you're right, they and never progress. Yeah, it's all, right, never. you know, you're doomed. If you're black, you have no chance. If you grow up, you know, if you're working class, you have no chance to to ever become, you know, hold on. Joe Biden's wealthy. whole story is about how he came from this middle class background and worked his way yeah, up. But that's and all made up. You know, Joe, you know, Joe, he stole that. He plagiarized that. That's not his real story. Oh, right. He yeah, made yeah, that yeah, all yeah. up. Uh, yeah. But it must kill you guys, you Democrats, to see all these successful, optimistic uh, minorities. The guy from Cuba. Who was oh, great. he sucked. Oh, uh, he was he the was worst great. one. Can we talk about him? <laughs> I mean, first of all, what a lame. Why, why did he suck, Alex? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I mean, God. he donated, first of all, a ton of money, a shit ton of money to the RNC right before <laughs> speaking. Hmm, I wonder how he got that slot. And also, I mean, the Fidel Castro shit, I'm sorry, about 50 years old on that. I mean, really? Well, and, have you, have you and, noticed, and, Alex, that your party's embraced socialism? And anyway, and anyway, Joe Biden, who has uh, been a, a, a sycophant for credit card companies, banks, his entire career in politics, is not Fidel Castro. That is an absurd well, comparison. Okay, is, well, Nobody about, buys it. Alex, Nobody believes Alex, it. Alex, we, we know Biden's just a placeholder. We know the real power behind the throne is AOC and Bernie Sanders. AOC, who spoke for all of one minute at no, the DNC? One minute, no, 40, no, one minute and 42 seconds. She, <laughs> okay, she went over time. Right. John and, Kasich spoke for more time at the Democratic National Convention than AOC, who you think but, is a but, leader of but the why, party. Why, no. His name is Maximo, Maximo Alvarez. Why do, you, why do you hate him? I don't even understand. Because it's... That speech could have been written in 1972. It could have been written in okay, 1982, again, again. 1992. I mean, it's old shit, and nobody Alex, believes it. it's them. not old shit when AOC and Bernie Sanders are now the powers in your but party. The, the AOC, they, who again spoke for one minute, and Bernie Sanders, hey, who spoke for on Monday night, we already three days know, we before know, the president. And, and, and they, they've, the Democratic they've bragged, Party. They've, they've bragged that they've dragged Biden to the left. They've embraced socialism. Yeah, I, and this is a guy who knows I, real I, socialism, and he's telling you no, Fidel Castro is not socialist. Germany is socialist. Socialist. Uh, oh, Scandinavia is socialist. Okay. Cuba is We were doing so well, and Alex has to go let on. Me play the, let me play this guy. This was pretty good. Hold uh, on. He was excellent. My name is Maximo Alvarez. I live in Miami, Florida, not far from the state of Florida, which is in just a 90 mile wide blue strip on a map for me. It divides freedom from fear, it divides the past from the press, from the future. I know all about the past. I'll never forget my own. My family has fled totalitarianism and communism more than once. First my dad from Spain, then from Cuba. But my families don't run away. By the grace of God, I live the American dream. The greatest blessing I ever had my dad only had a sixth grade education, told me, don't lose this place. You'll never be as well against me. I'm speaking to you today because my family is done abandoning what we rightfully earned. There's no place to hide. I'm speaking to you today because President Trump may not always be politically correct. He's in fact a successful businessman no, your average career politician. Our president is just another family man, a friend, and most important, our elected commander-in-chief. Right, okay, so I have three lies there. First of all, great. the lie that he's a successful businessman, wrong. Uh, the lie Alex. that he is a, 
a family man, Jerry? I mean, I mean, family man, Donald me? Trump, really? His whole family I mean, speaking his convention. I think right. Barron's <laughs> speaking tonight. They're going to bring back, like, uh, what's her name? Marla Maples will probably speak. <laughs> Tiffany's going to speak tonight, which is a little I'm weird. excited for that. A little strange. But uh, that guy was great. I got little tingles up my spine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew uh, Pollock, whose daughter Meadow was murdered in the Parkland shooting, was spectacular. Nobody sounds like a real person like Andrew Pollock. Uh, I'm so glad he's on my team. Um, there, there was just one good speaker after the next. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was excellent, talking about being a friend of Trump's for 37 years. Um, but they've already had more uh, powerful African-American speakers in one night than the DNC did in a week. Who? Um, the, the RNC last night was one kind of smart persuasive African American. Really? So the, the, I mean Tim the vice Scott, president Klasik, of Herschel Walker. Jerry, 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 the person on the ticket is a a woman of color in the Democratic Party. How, how can you say that? Uh, yeah, and she's a mean girl. She's Okay, well, she I mean you said no, they no she people. Won I mean, no one over. One she won nobody over. In fact, after they named her, the Republicans got Trump got a bounce out of that out of that decision. But do you want to get to Kimberly Guilfoyle cuz there's always somebody that goes a little off the rails. Well, her, her and Don Jr. did a mountain of coke in the back, <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, and uh, But she came out and she was there to fire up the crowd, even though there isn't really a crowd. But it, you could picture up. if there were a crowd, her job would be to get them all fired up. And I don't know if we have any KG. She would have been successful. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> this, right there, the crowd's supposed to erupt. I can't believe that person was on television for as long. <laughs> she was. She was a big star. I know, but that's insane. She gave it all up for uh, for Don Jr. She gave up the five and all her other gigs just so she could settle travel the country with Don Jr. Well, she gets paid fifteen grand a month uh, from the Trump campaign. That's pretty good work. I think she was probably making it. a little more than that on Fox. But uh, well, but here's here's what here's my thing though. I'm amazed that Kimberly Guilfoyle was married to, to Gavin, Gavin Newsom. Newsom. I know that's amazing. What and, does that say about them? Yeah, I don't know. Son, they were the original Conway, Conways, <laughs> George, George right. and Kellyanne Conway. By the way, I tweeted this out. You always wondered when you look at George Conway, who hates Trump more than anybody, and Kellyanne Conway, who was as responsible as anybody for getting Trump elected. And they were married, and they have kids, and they're, one of their daughters is rebelling. She's uh, she's looking for emancipation. She's 15 years old, which is insane. But anyway, both Kellyanne and George stepped down from their roles. Uh, Kellyanne's no longer in the White House. George is no longer with the Lincoln Project. And you always wondered, how does that marriage work? And we got our answer. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. You know, no. and, and, I'm and that's not just like political disagreement. That's literally like both ends oh, yeah. of the spectrum. Know, that they, is they that, and that, that's crazy. And that, and that seems to be a really sad situation. I yeah. mean, their daughter is tweeting at she's 15. You know, it's uh, that seems like a really sad. You know, it, she shouldn't be involved. We shouldn't be writing stories about their 15 year olds tweets or their TikTok video. But uh, no, it's, it's I thought sad. it was a, I thought it was a great first night. They had like. National anthem, pledge allegiance, a prayer, yeah. a prayer from uh, some uh, priest in New York. All those good red-blooded American things. Hopefully, Lee Greenwood makes an appearance uh, at some point. Maybe Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm into it. I watched all the Democrat stuff, and it just feels so important. We've heard it many, many times in our lifetimes that it's the most important election ever. It feels that like is. legit this time. It does not feel legit. We have two very different visions of america you got the 
dark vision of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris oh, saying yeah. we're all so doomed, dark. we're all going to die. You know, everyone's racist. Uh, well, everyone is dying. Not everybody. Not everyone. You're yeah. right. Only 170,000 <laughs> plus. Uh, only <laughs> really old people and really fat people at this point. Well, that's, a, that's a lot of the country, Jer. That's true. That's a lot of Trump supporters, <laughs> too, by the I, way. I saw the death rate of, uh, I forget what country it was. Was it uh, European? Oh, maybe it was Japan against ours, and, and ours is higher, and it's just simple. It says we have a lot more obese people. And, uh, right. You well, think- which, well, well, which is why, I mean, to be honest, that is the best way or one of the best ways to combat COVID to actually be in shape, which is why, why, why are Republicans so up. against healthy food? Like that was a big knock against Michelle Obama that she wanted people to be healthy. Because they took the garbage she forced on them in schools and they threw it away and then they went to Wendy's. It didn't work. You can't make Wendy's. a 16 year old eat carrot sticks for lunch. But you're why? right. I've asked this the whole time. Why don't we see more commercials for uh, Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers saying, if you want to live, you know, lose weight. Uh, well, I'm going to be honest. I mean, that I mean, Dr. Fauci, this great public health man, I mean, he should be talking more about how you can prevent yourself from falling seriously ill of COVID. And the best prevention is to live a healthy lifestyle, right. is to exercise. I am I am really angry that none of our public health officials have talked about that at all. The last I know they months. don't. And and our governors shut down gyms and open up in McDonald's. I mean, that, the, those fast foods are all open. Liquor stores are open, but gyms are not. And, and, and even when they're open, they're under such restrictions that a lot of people aren't going back to the gym. Um, it's nuts. They should they should emphasize that more. Uh, and, and um, you know, the mask mandate seems so important now. I think you're much more likely to live if you get in shape than if you wear a mask, but that's just me. Um, do both. That's I, what I say. I, do both. I, I, um, by the way, on uh, just one more quick item on the coronavirus. I haven't confirmed this. I don't know if you have, Dave, but uh, Clay Travis made a little video. He does these little videos last night, and he said the NFL conducted, I don't know what his source was because I didn't see it, uh, a story can, uh, attached to this, linked to this, but he said the NFL conduct, conducted 58,000 tests, 58,000, and they had zero positives. They had some false positives, 77 false positives from one lab. Right. But that is remarkable when you think of 58,000 tests. These colleges, college kids are all going back, and one thing they have to do is get tested. I don't think you're going to see that kind of success you know, at colleges because they're you know, all going to parties and making out and you know, doing things they're not supposed to do, you know, hanging close together and not distancing and not wearing their masks and everything else. But is that really possible? 58,000 tests? Zero? I was Googling it this morning. I just did a quick Twitter search. I see nobody other than Clay Travis really talking about it. <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, hopefully it's maybe true. It's a hopefully it's true because that makes it feel like, you know, football is back and re- ready to go. And if football... Unlike unlike baseball, basketball, and hockey, football's on schedule. You know, football is going to be there on Sunday afternoon in whatever it is, three weeks, and Monday night, and thir- and and it's going to feel normal, and that's going to do a lot to make the country feel normal, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mean, all these sports leagues, you know, even Major League Baseball, which had the Marlins outbreak, the Cardinals outbreak, then a player on the Reds. I mean, if you look at the actual positive test rates, it is very low, and I think that they. And I think Major League Baseball has is a really a terrible league, and Manfred has done a terrible job. But they you. deserve, but they deserve credit for shouldering on and not panicking uh, because it's it's fine. I mean, that's what you, you have you, to I mean, do. You're right. You have to do. You have to soldier on when it happens in college football, and it will. You know, three or well, four kids get that's it. different though you because have, these are not paid professionals. 
college well, athletes. And that's uh, well, the big difference. No, it isn't. If they want to play, I mean, they want to play. You saw the Big Ten kids there. You know, they want to play. So why are you not going to play? Because two or three kids on the team get what is essentially, for a kid, you know, the flu. So you quarantine oh. them. It's, it's in fact is less dangerous than the flu. But I want to get to two more things because there are, you know, it's about the. We're not celebrating the downfall of famous people, but we sure are covering it and uh, and um, wondering, you know, how you come back from something. And I want to get to Jerry Falwell Jr. But I also want to get your take on Tom Brenham and the Cincinnati Reds announcer. In fact, he's a national announcer. He's on Fox uh, National. Uh, not anymore. Well, right. He was on the national games. He was a big deal. He's a his father's a big deal, and he's a big deal, and he's a very highly regarded announcer. He on a li- didn't think the mic was on, and he said just the most bizarre, you know, inoffensive thing that I've heard lately. And he knew it immediately. He apologized during the game. He he, um, he used the slur, the gay slur, the F word, talking about a city. We don't know what city, but we think it's San Francisco. Said it was the f capital of the world and then he came on what an inning or two later no it was actually the following game so this was a double header he's the, oh, he the was same. caught in the live mic in the day game and then apologized in the fifth inning of the nightcap and by the way they made room for the home run call which was yeah there was a home run during yeah. his apology if you haven't seen it it's bizarre but that's, no, it's, not, it's called professionalism i mean that's his <laughs> yeah, job he, he's, he's gotta just you know but, One last but home run call. That's Why a not? guy <laughs> who knew um, right away that there was no defense. There was no saying I was misquoted. or I don't know if you saw that stupid controversy yesterday. I actually was going back and forth with Rex Chapman on Twitter, which was Ooh. which was odd. But when the uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Project tweeted out that somebody yelled at Trump's speech, somebody yelled out uh, monkey when he started talking about Obama. And I went, holy crap. And I listened to the tape, and it's not at all monkey. It says, the guy says Spygate, as clear as could be. But someone, I mean, this is what they do when they they hate Trump so much. They make stuff up. They lie. And Rex Chapman tweeted it, and a bunch of other crazy lefties tweeted that the guy said monkey. He did not say monkey. It's it's clear as could be. But, you know, that that's that. We're done with that. On this, Alex, does Tom Brennan, do you forgive him, first of all, and do you, or I should say, accept his apology, and do you think he survives? Um, do I forgive him? Uh, that's, do I don't I mean that. That's a stupid question. That's a stupid question. Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I have to wait and see, you know, I don't think that I am not in favor of just as my good friend, Steve Buckley wrote, and we wrote it out sports. I'm not in favor of just immediately firing Tom Brennan because I don't think that's effective. I mean, obviously he, he, he said a terrible thing. I think that he says this kind of stuff regularly because he said it with such impunity um, but let's see him put in the work. I mean, there are examples of people in sports. Chris Culver, if you remember, was that cornerback for the 49ers years ago who said before the Super Bowl, like he would never shower with a gay person or something. Remember that? It was a pretty big story. And he's actually turned it around to become an advocate to the community. The best example of this is uh, Tim Hardaway, who said very disparaging things about gay people and then has become a great ally has later he? in his life. Yeah. So, I mean, there is the, the goal here. Then there's me. Don't forget about me. You know? I'm, I'm like, you know, promoting advancing Alex at every chance I get. You know, people find that surprising because lots of liberals hate you, but I don't. I like you. So I uh, give me yeah, some Jerry. Credit. Yeah, Jerry's a great ally as well. I mean, he wore a hazmat suit when he first met me. And now, uh, <laughs> and now we're but I will say, I will say meetings. I will say on the record that I don't want to shower with you. Okay. So I That's don't know. Fine. Does that make me homophobic? Right. I don't want to. But I don't, I'm not sure he survives because like I said, there's no defense. It even, 
you know, even we've been in rooms with guys and, you know, whatever, politically incorrect guys in locker rooms and, you know, bars and everything. You don't hear people talk like that anymore. Talk like he talked on that mic. I, I, I was telling one of my friends this over the weekend, and he accused me of living in a bubble. And I said, well, you do, too. I have not. If someone just said that word just casually and like casually in conversation to me in a derogatory, I, I, I would be floored. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard someone say that. I'm, I'm with you. They used to. When I was a kid, it was just yeah, a I mean, playground. Same. Playground I've thing. used it. It didn't in, mean in high school. In high school, I used it all the time. I mean, it was just part of the vernacular. Unfortunately, and uh, like I said, it, you don't hear it anymore. He sounded like he was, you know, back in the '80s, and I don't know how you re- recover from that. You know, maybe he will. Al Nick Cannon still has a job, and Nick Cannon said the single most offensive thing I've ever heard a celebrity say on on anything on 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 a podcast or on TV or radio, and he's still working. And he's got people defending him. And he said white people are savages, like close to animals. Yeah, but he that that was part of like uh, he, he was at least trying to back up. Like he was oh, actually. Oh, hold, tra- hold on, Dave Cullen. No, 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 hold on, no, 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 no. I'm not defending the stance. I'm just saying he was on a podcast talking about it from a societal type issue. It, it was a conversation. This is literally like he's he's making a joke. He uses that word in his daily life often. Yes. Did you see like that? Another, another announcer got caught typing the N word, and when he meant to type nuggets. Den- with guys from Denver, right? The guy, uh, this new guy. Yeah, I forget his um, name. Yeah. And he was tweeting about the Nuggets, and this is the second guy in a week who tweeted the N word instead right. of Nuggets. And he was taken off the air, I believe, and he just said, "I typed the wrong word." I mean, I I don't know how you like fire a guy for that if he's legitimately no, you, 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 typing, because yeah. who would ever type that on purpose? <laughs> You can never do that. I, I I would say though, just last thing on Brenneman, like I just I, I'm more interested in education and also diversity. Like the Cincinnati Reds now should make an effort to maybe hire an LGBT person as part of their broadcast team, or let's get some representation here as well. Just immediately firing the guy who says the bad word is not the answer. The only thing it does is put somebody out of a job. That's not right. the way we move forward. And you know, if Tom Brenneman had a record of saying homophobic things on live mics, then my opinion would be different. But you know, no, like just immediately was, firing is not the is right. not. The It'd answer. be different if he had a record like you know, Joy Reid has a record, but you know, nah, right. she sure, is, yeah, not, she doesn't have to pay any price. Um, anyway, um, I know you're not enjoying the fun, downfall of uh, Tom Brennan, but you are enjoying the downfall of Jerry Falwell Jr. And I have to say, I laughed out loud reading this because it came out. It was like trickling out. His wife had an affair with the pool boy. And the pool, I mean, at some point, if you're having an affair with the pool boy, don't you have to think that eventually he's going to talk about it? I mean, do you trust the pool boy to keep it between you? <laughs> well, this has been going on for a couple of years. Six there was a story years. a couple of years ago. We found out about the business arrangement with the hostel in South Beach. And then you're like, well, that's a little strange. And so, I mean, I think we kind of knew that something was going on. But, I mean, we got it all yesterday. So is, it, is it technically a fair if you like to watch it? I, I mean, that, that, I, I, that is, I mean, I'd I, say I, that's a, I mean, the new, the new trend going around, we've reported on the story. They might've been a thruple this entire time. I know. And we sure, didn't know about Which it. Katie Hill, you know, she resigned, but she defends it. People defend her. It's her personal life and all that, even though she well, was having an affair with an underling. This is. Well, guy, right. Well, that's the issue with Katie Hill was with a staffer. I mean. You yes. Know. And, you know, but Jerry Falwell's got a long history. I mean, you can't, there's a strict code at Liberty University. You can't have sex with, you know, anybody. You can't even. Have sex with yourself. They have rules against everything. <laughs> and he is, if you missed the story, his wife had an affair with the pool boy. And the entire time, I believe six years, he liked to watch. 
Now, I've seen this on, you know, an occasional adult film that I've stumbled across accidentally. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I can't relate to it at all. I'm sorry. There's things on there. I say that looks like fun, but this isn't one of them. To just sit there. You've never been. In, you've never been into voyeurism. To um, not, not this guy. Watching another guy with your wife. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a little like it's a little like um, masochistic, a little bit, is it not? It's a I little, don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe know. that's what you want to feel. Or maybe you want it to hurt. I don't know, but I this is not something I ever want to do. I have no desire to do. I'm not the king. I'm just not a. I'm not a kinky guy. What can I say? Not my style. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kink shaming. I mean, that's fine if that's what the Falwells are into. But, but it's, uh, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. I, I was going to say. I mean, if someone else could cut doing this, Jerry Falwell would be the first. Jerry Falwell Jr. would be the first guy to condemn them. And now we know. By the way, there's a video you have to see. It's bizarre. He's doing this weightlifting, weird weightlifting thing, pelvic thrusts. He's got a barbell across his... Um, thighs he's back on a bench and he's doing these pelvic thrusts and two girls like teenage girls stand on the bar i i i know it sounds confusing google it look it up it's weird and it's bizarre i saw that like one day before the story broke so i guess it was no secret that feels weirder than watching your wife bang another dude yeah it says why is jerry falwell doing pelvic thrusts with teenage girls and i look at it and i go good question yeah who are they are they students but um I think a lot of people were not surprised that Gerald Falwell has a little bit of a dark side. By the way, he says he's not uh, quitting. They said they're removing him as president of Liberty University. He says he's not quitting. So the fun has just begun for uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. and the folks at Liberty University. Um, I saw a story on the on the football team and how they will be how they will react <laughs> to Jerry Falwell's downfall at Liberty University. But anyway. Anyway, we'll see what happens today. We'll see what happens. I know Kenosha is still burning, um, and I know that'll be a big part of the um, of the RNC tonight. Tiffany, don't forget, Tiffany Trump speaking tonight. Don't want to miss that. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited. excited to see what she has to say. I'm, I'm excited. I don't think she, she's not, not the black sheep of the family, but she's not involved in everything like Ivanka and Jared and Don Jr. Um, good mm. luck to her. I'll be watching. And... Uh, Good luck to the good people of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Thanks to George Price for joining us. He's the, our uh, law enforcement expert. And thanks to Alex Reamer. And thanks to Shea Concrete and Allied Paving and DCU and all our wonderful sponsors and supporters. You can support us by supporting them. We really appreciate it. Good job, Colin Aime. We got a lot of announcements to make this week, by the way. We do point. have a good, yeah. big, biggest one that's going to happen this week is a new logo. By the way, Alex, a new logo yeah. is coming oh, this yeah, week. Colin we is very excited. We are eliminating. Like we are eliminating the uh, what was it? It was uh, uh, what's why am I blank on Sims' first name? Uh, Phil Sims? No, the one, the character on the, the the cartoon looks like it doesn't look like Jerry Callahan. It looks like a cross between like Chris Sims, oh, Chris Sims, and who's the other guy? Oh, Bill, uh, Walton. Bill Walton. Yes, yeah. we're getting rid of Bill Walton. I, I came around on the logo. I like oh, it, but uh, you know we have reasons for changing, and we'll tell you all about those later this week, and tell you our big announcement later this week. It is it is pretty good. It's, yeah. I know we used to do this on the radio all the time. We come up with. Uh, a big announcement. It'll be uh, the uh, uh, member. Uh, our producers gotten produce, got producers new contracts. Got a raise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our producers got a ten percent raise, and everyone's going, "What? Why is that announcement?" We always said, "This is stupid." Remember, we had one that we built it up, and they said, "We're flying private to the Super Bowl." Like, what <laughs> yes. an asshole! Whose idea to do that? Like, uh, that still happens in radio. Like, who pitches that? Producers, the producers, producers, okay. stu- so, and yeah. who are mostly stupid. You okay. know that. Yes. You know, it's kind of yeah. a trait yep. in producers. Yes. But, uh, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will do it again tomorrow.
Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Looking for the perfect gift? Check out a Visa Virtual Account. Available at giftcards.com. Gifting a Visa Virtual Account is easy. Simply select your gift amount, add optional personalization, and click send. A thoughtful gift delivered in moments. As one of the world's most recognized brands, virtual Visa cards are secure, never expire, and work for any budget. They're also eco-friendly. Eliminate the need for plastic with a virtual gift delivered straight to their inbox. Whether you're shopping for a family member, friend, coworker, or client, a Visa virtual account is always the perfect fit. Visa virtual accounts can be used online anywhere Visa is accepted, so the possibilities are endless. They're convenient to send and easy to spend, making it the perfect gift for any occasion. Start gifting your virtual visa today at www.giftcards.com virtual. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot HTM. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.